with Air Cargo World. Hello, I'm Kathy Morrow Robertson, and I write a weekly column for Air Cargo World, uh, typically around logistics, parcel, express e-commerce, and technology trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Melissa Alexander, Vice President of Foundry Commercial. Hey, Melissa, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Kathy. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, but before we jump into our topic on warehousing, can you tell us just a bit about yourself, please? Absolutely. So, as Kathy said, I work with Foundry Commercial, and I'm based out of Nashville, Tennessee, born and raised in Nashville. Um, I do industrial brokerage, so helping tenants lease space, helping buyers buy space, investors purchase space, sell space, anything around warehousing, I do. Um, I got my start actually in Memphis, Tennessee, three hours down the road, <laughs> which is um, a very large industrial hub. Uh, so very traditional industrial market. Um, and then moved back to Nashville about three years ago. So I've been in the business over 15 years and I love every minute of it, every day, every second. Cool. Well, there's a lot that's going on um, yes. in the market. So and it seems like the demand for warehousing is just, it just, it just keeps growing. It's insatiable, Kathy, right now. What's driving the growth? Yeah, I, it's a mix of things. Um, one of which I would say COVID, obvious answer, right, um, has been driving a lot of demand uh, because of the change in consumer behavior. Uh, consumers were forced to stay home for months at a time, right? And weren't able to, or chose not to go out uh, in a traditional sense and go shopping for the goods that um, they needed, whether it be food or clothing or, you know, household products, et cetera. Um, toilet paper, you know, the, the famous <laughs> toilet paper crisis. Um, yeah. And so what, what consumers uh, in, in, a, in a sense did, everything that you buy, and and your listeners are know this. They're in they're in logistics and 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 they know this. But anything you buy, anything you touch, probably ninety nine point nine percent of it comes out of a warehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what consumers did when they changed their buying habits is really fueled that demand for warehousing because they weren't going to. They were still shopping and still spending money, but weren't going to the stores in traditional traditional sense. They were shopping online or having products delivered to their doorstep. So, yes, obvious, obvious answer is COVID. Um, but also, um, warehousing is just becoming more important in our day-to-day lives. Um, and another thing that's really driving demand is, is warehousing, um, the necessity of it being near population centers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that demand for what we call infill product has really increased as well. Okay. So, okay. So my first thought is all these warehouses and you see a lot of them in the Atlanta area. Oh my God. They're, they're just yes. popping up everywhere. Is there enough space for all of them? I mean, <laughs> is there enough a warehouse space right now for tenants? Well, is there enough space to keep building all of these oh, warehouses? No, I mean, that, where does it, where does it end? I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know, Kathy, that's a great question because, and it depends on the market. 
Atlanta, you have a little bit of a different topography where it's a little bit easier to build. Um, and the market is so large, you're probably seeing these warehouses spring up well outside of the, you know, city limits. Um, and so, you know, I think it was two years ago, I saw that 20 million square feet of warehouse product was delivered in Atlanta in one year. Um, we don't have, you know, flipping over to a market like Nashville, um, we just don't have that abundance of land. Uh, we have topo issues. We have entitlement issues where land isn't zoned for industrial. Um, and so we, uh, you know, we have limited availability of land. So, so, so in Nashville, it's a little bit different scenario. We probably have, I would say, 6 million feet delivering possibly this year. Um, if that, and, and there's a large chunk of that is uh, Amazon's building a five-story warehouse here um, that is three and a half million feet. Uh, so, so, and then as far as like, um, you know, e- even if you can find land right now, construction pricing, steel, lumber has become a huge issue. Um, and so it's, it's making it more expensive to build warehouses as well. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, I was going to ask about the multi-story warehouses because I know those are quite popular in in other parts of the world. Yes, not not really here in the U.S. Yes, yeah, and that that really is um, driven by land constraints, right? Because you have um, typical to your towers downtown, you have smaller parcels of land, and how do you maximize that? We uh, the Amazon building is the first multi-story building here in Nashville, and and really in the I don't know that it's a true multi-story building in the sense of the word because the first floor is a is a traditional probably 36 foot clear or 36 foot ceiling height is what we say um, in warehousing and then the additional floors are, are a lot lower ceiling heights um, so I think those are mostly the the next four floors are robotics um, but yes there is a driver for multi-story in markets like. Um, you know, a tight market like a Chicago, uh, where you need to be, again, closer to the population center, but there's not an abundance of open land to build these huge boxes. Okay, well, with that then, so, you know, know, one of my thoughts is like uh, empty shopping centers, malls, you see a lot of, you know, the death of malls and such. Do you see any type of warehousing going in is that a potential? It's a potential. Um, the the biggest hurdle around that, um, because you're exactly right, there are these malls that maybe are, um, you know, are what you call dead malls, and yeah. they're not frequented anymore. And in some markets, um, it it really depends on the municipality, um, because if you think about again zoning laws um, and um, ordinances. In municipalities, if you're in a shopping mall, it's typically not zoned for industrial warehousing use. That's its own specific zoning, um, uh, I guess, criteria. So if you have a mall, it's probably zoned for some t- sort of commercial use. Mm-hmm. And and really to put a warehouse or convert that mall over to warehouse warehousing, you'd have to go through an entitlement process and get a rezone. Um, and so depending on the mu- municipality, if they're really strict about, the, you know, the, there's in some municipalities, industrial is kind of a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, they, they say we don't, we don't want these industrial jobs. You know, we don't, we don't want the trucks coming in and out. Yeah. Um, and so really there's an education process involved there because uh, I mean, if you look around your retail centers every, every day, I drive by my local Starbucks and there's a SIA truck out there making deliveries, a 53 foot truck. And there's at next door at the Publix, there's probably two trucks at the docks. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not industrial zone, but there's, there's still trucks coming in and out because they have to deliver the product. So again, yes, converting malls is a possibility. Um, but it's, you, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to do so. Um, and so, you know, it's a little bit of a risky process. Uh, so a developer may try and tie up a site, but maybe not close on it unless they can get their rezone. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you were talking about um, uh, the locations being closer um, to metro areas and such as that. So what are some of the hotspots um, here in the U.S.? Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, there's a question there. <laughs> um, really, the hot spots, Kathy. If you if you took a map, you know all all of the growth cities. Um, a, a warehousing warehousing is has changed a little bit. Um, you know, in this last cycle, I would say, um, and 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 that's one of the reasons why Nashville is such a hot pop market right now, mm-hmm. um, is because. Instead of building these um, huge bombers of warehouses that maybe service one half of the country, um, distribution is changing in a sense that you have, and you can look at Amazon as an example, you have smaller footprint warehouses that service a local population. Maybe they're 100,000 feet or 200,000 feet um, versus a million square feet. And so, and really what those warehouses do are doing is they're following population centers and, and, and industrial really follows population growth. It's yeah. the one rule of thumb that you can't go wrong with. You look at what cities have population growth and that's where your industrial warehousing hotspots are going to be. That makes sense. That makes sense. So with the uh, increase in warehousing, I would imagine the rents have followed. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yes. So typical um, economics here, law of supply and demand. Uh, Back to the the beginning of our conversation, right? You were asking, so are we going to run out of land to build these things? Well, yeah, in some markets, it's, it's becoming tougher to build. And then you've got construction prices, but you still have that. So you have a lack of supply, right? But mm-hmm. you still have that, you know, demand that, again, we talked about fuel by population growth, by changes due to COVID, consumer habits. And so lack of supply, increased demand, you're going to have tenants fighting over industrial space. And so that is creating what we call landlord's market and driving mm-hmm. rental rate increases where, where landlords can command the rates that they want in their spaces. And especially in what we call shallow bay product, which is a smaller shallow, meaning the depth of the warehouse is you know a little bit uh, narrower. Um, and they probably are not what we would call cross-docked, where the docks are only on one side of the, typically on the rear of the warehouse. Um, and those spaces, they can demise down a little bit smaller. So you have smaller tenants. Um, and there's there's a lot of that, again, warehousing following population. They don't need as big of a footprint anymore. So you have that increased demand in smaller uh, tenant sizes. And, and those 
type of warehouses are seeing the most rent growth um, in, in markets across the U.S. And, and just at Nashville, for example, um, I follow rent trends. I mean, it's part of my job. I have to know this. And, and working with tenants, I see it firsthand. But I have tenants right now, say they have a thirty or 40,000 foot footprint, um, and they are looking at they're rolling off a five or seven year lease, their current rate right now may be in the $5 range, high $5 per foot. And that's an annual basis. We quote annually in Nashville. Um, What what they're seeing right now as they're looking for new space, Kathy, is a nine and $10 rent. So yes. So (laughs) five years ago, you know, they signed a lease at $5. Today, they're looking at almost a, a uh, you know, 200% increase in yeah. that rate. And so one of the ways, um, and I'll, you know, put this out there if any tenants are listening, one of the ways to mitigate some of that cost increase is to find, you're paying for the square footage. So you're not really paying for the cubic footage. So if you can find a warehouse space that has higher ceiling heights, you can, in your racking, you can rack higher. So you're maximizing your cubic Ooh. footage mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe mitigating some of that rental rate increase in the process. Now that's a good, that's a yes. really good thought. I hadn't even thought about that, but that yes. makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, like, you know, we had talked beforehand. I mean, there's so much going on in this market. So what are some of the other trends? Are you seeing a demand for more, um, technology within warehousing? Yes. So um, a couple of trends I've seen firsthand here in Nashville and just heard nationally. Um, the, you have um, distributors or um, companies like the Targets of the world that are um, trying to find a way to maximize their retail fr- footprint and combine that with their warehousing footprint where they are fulfilling orders potentially out of the warehouse, but also potentially out of the their retail stores. Um, and so what that calls for, Kathy, is better inventory, warehouse management inventory technology and, and your store inventory technology. So you can combine those two and you can ful- you know, figure out the best place, maybe the closest place to fulfill an order that will you know, decrease your shipping costs um, or, you know, wherever your product is stored. Inventory is key here. You need to know, you know, how much you have of a certain product and where it is. So, yes, technology is very important. Um, Another thing that I am seeing in Nashville is also increased demand. We talk about last mile, um, increased demand for what we call truck terminals. And if you think about a truck terminal, I, I um, kind of look at it as like a dot high picnic, you know, covered picnic table, basically. I mean, you're just there long enough to dock on one side, bring product off of one truck, separate it out and put it on two other trucks. Product is, is always flowing through the building. Sometimes these don't even have walls. They just have a roof and the product comes off one truck, goes on two or three more. Um, and these facilities are really critical these days to the supply chain, especially last mile, um, because you have product maybe coming from a, um, a more regional warehouse to a local warehouse where it needs to come from that truck and then be broken down or maybe it's getting delivered from there. Um, and so that's another trend that, that I am seeing, uh, you know, increased demand for those type of buildings. And those buildings are typically 
they're, they were traditionally found closer in a population centers, which is nice. Um, but in a, in a city like Nashville, the, the population growth is increasing such that the, the land that they sit on has become more valuable than the buildings. And so you have these multifamily developers coming in mm-hmm. and redeveloping the property and we're losing inventory. And so um, they're, they're becoming a few, you know, fewer and far between, but yet the demand is still there for them. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So put, you got your crystal ball? Take out your crystal <laughs> ball. So, okay. The outlook. Uh, yes. What is the outlook for the warehousing market? I see no end to the boom right now, Kathy. Um, <laughs> I don't. Um, I just, I don't see it. Um, and I see increased demand for in, increased investor activity. Um, it's, it's almost an insatiable demand. One of the things on the investment front that we are seeing is um, developers are tying up these sites um, and you have investors that just are dying to get in markets and are buying buildings from developers before they're even built, before they're delivered. It's called a forward takeout where they, they basically put the buildings under contract, you know, 10 months out when it's just raw land. um, And then they close on them when the buildings are delivered. And so I, I see that trend increasing, especially in markets that are really difficult to get into um, like uh, Nashville, but it's also happening in Atlanta. Um, Another trend again we have seen, um, I call it the great migration of the population where um, population growth is moving from uh, the West Coast into the Southeast. Um, and then again, from, from bigger cities like the East Coast into the Southeast where people have um, less restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, you have more open area. Um, you have a, a lower cost of living. Um, and so in more business friendly environments, we've seen a lot of that, you know, I've heard a lot of headquarter moves, um, to places like Austin, um, and Dallas and Houston and Nashville just landed a huge, um, tech hub for Oracle, um, that's going to bring 8,000 jobs, um, oh. initially and that, um, and that trend's going to continue. So again, if we go back to earlier in the conversation, um, it, follow the population, right? These companies moving to these, to the Southeast are bringing with them employees. Mm -hmm. Um, They're driving population growth and that population growth is also going to drive demand for warehouse space. So um, Southeast is where we predict to see um, in in our industry, a majority of um, increased population growth and then thus increased industrial demand. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So this also, um, no, this is showing my ignorance here, but you know, I've always heard, I've always read, been told, you know, there's always been a lot of warehousing around the ports, you know, yes. like Savannah, yes. Austin, Jacksonville and Savannah's hot. I mean, it's hot. Yes. Yes. Have you seen a lot of demand? Um, is there there's not a lot of space down there. It doesn't seem like, seems like it's running out. So that I would say Savannah wouldn't be a traditional, it'd be a tertiary market originally, but as, as I guess product flow is shifting through that market, 
um, you're probably going to see more development and more space delivered there. Um, another market, um, you know, not really a port market, but, but Huntsville is another market we're seeing that wasn't a traditional warehousing market that we're seeing a lot of industrial growth in off of that 565 corridor. Um, so yes, uh, that, that port activity, again, uh, probably some of the driver of that, Kathy, and you would know this better than me, is the population growth in the Southeast, right? Um, yeah. Coming up coming up through Savannah um, and on the East Coast where you, you have more demand for product and, and a need to get it to people, mm-hmm. consumers. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so all these warehouses, what about people to work in them? <laughs> oh, Kathy, that is the million dollar question. If I could solve that, I would be as rich as Jeff Bezos, I think. Um, you know, I, you know, you see, you see these warehouses putting, you know, tenants putting up banners on their warehouse, you know, thousand dollar signing bonus, you know, uh, it's really a competitive, um, environment right now for labor. And I don't, I don't see that changing. Uh, and again, there's labor shortages any, anywhere in the U S right now, we're hearing that constantly in the media, maybe it will, um, eventually get better, but yeah, I mean, population when, especially for larger, um, companies look maybe performing multi-market searches. One of the key factors in their decision will be where can I get the most labor? So if they're looking at five different markets and the and and one maybe the rate the rental rates are lower or you know maybe their drainage costs are cheaper but they can't find the labor they may go with another market just because um, they at least know they're going to have workers to. Um, you know, work in the, in the spaces, but, you know, then you're seeing a lot of, again, back to technology, robotics and warehouses. Uh, And so that's probably going to be one of the solutions to the labor issue is how can we, um, you know, continue to implement robotics to, um, to streamline our process and eliminate some of those, the risk around having enough workers. Yeah. Going to be a, um, it's it's getting to be a big issue across all industries, like yes. you said. That's for sure. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I I remember several years ago reading about a warehouse in China where there's only four workers. No way. Yeah, I mean, it's totally automated, but and the workers yeah. are there just to oversee the yeah robot. oversee the yeah interesting <laughs> yeah no that's the that's the future yeah I should have put that in my crystal ball. Yeah. There you go. There you go, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Add that to the list. Robotics. Yeah, seriously. Same with self-driving trucks. Oh. Same, same, same issue. Yeah. Hard to find drivers right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's hard to find. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big issue within the supply chain. You know, there's getting to be a pot. I mean, there is a pilot shortage. There's a truck driver shortage. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how things go within the next 10 to 20 years. Absolutely. So, well, with that, I think um, our time is, uh, is wrapping up here. Uh, uh, Melissa, I want to thank you so much, so much for joining us. This thank has you been for great. having me. Thank you, Learned Kathy. a lot. Learned a lot. So where can people find you um, if they want to reach out to learn more about you and 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 anything else about the warehousing space. Absolutely. So I am at, you know, you can look me up at Foundry Commercial. I'm in Nashville. 
Um, just search Melissa Alexander Nashville and I should pop up in your search. Um, I am on LinkedIn under Melissa Alexander. Um, I'm on, I'm active on Twitter. Look me up, follow me at uh, MBM, B as in boy, Alexan. Um, and then I also have my own uh, real estate podcast um, called CRE Chat. Uh, so if you just search that hashtag on Twitter or Google CRE C-H-A-T, you'll be able to find me there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And um, for more information on Air Cargo World and my column, just just follow um, the company at aircargoworld.com. Thank you again. And we'll talk later. Bye-bye.